0: great to be with you over the summer uh, we're going to be starting a new series and we're starting it today Uh, the series is entitled songs to return to and we're going to be exploring themes that we find in psalms 120 through to psalm 134 these are known as the psalms of ascent god's people sang them as they traveled up to Jerusalem as part of their worship to God, they made this journey uh, three times a year. They celebrated key festivals together. Uh, it didn't depend on what the season before had been like, but they all would gather together and they would all make the journey up to Jerusalem to worship. These songs would also have evoked memories of when the nation had been in exile in Babylon and God had brought them back to their own city to uh, a temple that they built to worship God. Today, we're gonna look at Psalm 121. It's called the Traveler Psalm. I was at uh, a friend's funeral the other day and uh, him and his wife, Uh, they used to go out walking a lot in the mountains and as they went out walking in the mountains before they started their walk they would read this psalm together because it speaks of uh, a God who created everything created the mountains a God who uh, meets with us so here's a tip if you're going to be reading the Psalms typically the Psalms start with the conclusion And then the rest of the psalm unpacks and explains why uh, the writer came to that conclusion. And in this case, the psalm was written by King David. Psalm 121 is no different. This is what it says. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. David is telling us, That trust in God will sustain us through all the ups and downs that life throws at us. Imminent danger and bad news are going to cross our path at some point. And these things are no respecter of age. They are no respecter of background. Maybe we've experienced that recently. Maybe an accident. Maybe a health scare uncertainty at work maybe a broken relationship perhaps it's happened to someone that we love the last 16 months have cast a shadow over us all all our emotions are heightened some of us feel angry frustrated disappointed maybe even in despair others are fearful and anxious and depressed. Psalm 121 is written for people like us in days like today. God wants us to know that he's with us and he wants to help us as we gather to restart worship in these coming months. So where do we start? Well, let's start at the very beginning. I lift my eyes towards the mountains some of the other versions say hills you see in the Bible mountains sometimes describe obstacles in our way you can see that in Zechariah chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 17 other times mountains are used in the Bible to speak of a place where God's presence dwells so are they a place of refuge from danger, or are the mountains that David is speaking about obstacles that bring dread to our soul? To God's people, they could be either or both. On one hand, the 18-mile journey from Jericho up to Jerusalem, it a route that climbed about uh, 3,600 feet, That journey, um, 18 miles long, was uh, an ideal place where bandits would hide out territory for bandits. And in fact, that's where Jesus, uh, the place that Jesus uses when he tells his parable of the Good Samaritan about a, a man who's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he gets set upon by bandits. The mountains of Israel, including on the hills on which Jerusalem was built are also where God's people started, when they started to stray from God, it was the, the places where they went to worship other gods. The Bible writers call these places, they call them the high places. Whatever was in David's mind, he knows that Jerusalem, though, is a place where God's people will meet with the living God, where God can help them. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Are we facing mountains? Are we facing difficulties and obstacles? Are we fearful and anxious? Are we frustrated, angry, disappointed? There's one who can help us. And David tells us his name is the Lord. The Lord, the name the, uh, in Hebrew is the word Yahweh. It's used five times in this psalm. It's the most common name for God that we find in the Old Testament. More than 6,800 uh, 6, times uh, the word Yahweh is translated Lord. You see, names do several things for us. First of all, they help us identify someone we identify them by their name or did you see so and so oh yes i saw him you know who you're talking about when you mention a name a name speaks of a personal relationship it's why when we meet someone for the first time we want to know what their name is because we want to build a relationship but more than that in the bible a name tells us something about the person's character names in the bible are linked to people's character and so uh, the word Yahweh the Lord tells us something about the nature and the character of God it's what God calls himself when he reveals himself to Moses in the encounter at the burning bush in the book of Exodus God describes himself as I am that I am and uh, the word that it uses is, uh, is the word Yahweh Lord And an alternative for the name might be always or eternal, the eternal one. God is the one who is always there. How encouraging is that? He is the Lord. The psalmist's encouragement is for us to put our trust in the Lord whatever our circumstances. The challenge for us in these days... Is where are we putting our trust who are we looking to where are we looking for help the rest of the Psalm explains how God looks over us watches over us David says five times so firstly the Lord is our personal protector this is what it says in verses 3 to 4 he will not allow your foot to slip Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to. Uh, do something on top of a ladder. It can be a scary place to be. I remember being at the top of uh, a 30-foot ladder and I was doing some painting and uh, I was holding a tin of paint in one hand. I was holding a brush in the other and uh, I was leaning into the ladder to try and stop myself falling. And I'm painting this thing. And then and then you have that moment when your foot nearly slips and uh, you I, I end up grabbing hold of the top of the ladder for dear life not letting go and uh, you can just feel your whole body shaking. When we are in danger, our foot feels like it's about to slip, it is a scary moment. The Lord is the one who preserves our life. He's the one that stops our feet from slipping. That's what David says. What about us in this last season? Have we felt as if spiritually our feet are starting to slip in psalm 73 the first five verses the psalmist talks about a moment like this he talks about his feet nearly slipping this is what he says god is indeed good to israel to the pure in heart but as for me my feet had almost slipped And then he goes on to describe why his feet had slipped. What had happened is he'd started to look around at the people around him. He'd started to look at people who didn't trust God and see that their lives were blessed and things were going well for them. And it seemed so unfair when things were so tough for him. And he says, my feet almost slipped. Have we been looking at the wrong thing in this season have we been looking at the wrong people have we been looking to the wrong person god wants to remind us today we need to look in the right direction god is our protector whether we've taken the vaccine or not he's our provider whether we have a mortgage from the bank or not he's our healer whether we go to the doctor or not he's our peace whether we seek counseling or not the point is this first before anything else before we do anything else we lift our eyes to the hills where our help comes from we look to the lord if we don't first focus on god our feet are in danger of slipping both envy by looking at other people and envying what they've got, and pride, thinking that we don't need any help. In both of those cases, our feet are in danger of slipping. We will fall from grace, Galatians chapter four, tells, 5 verse 4 tells us. We need to be those who lift our eyes to God. This is what Scripture says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 12. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Is that how you feel at the moment? I don't know what to do. The Bible encourages us, set your eyes on God. Psalm 94 says this, my foot is slipping. Your faithful love will support me, Lord. When I'm filled with cares, your comfort brings me joy. The New Testament is even clearer. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith where are our eyes looking you see God's personal protection is for individuals the writer talks about your foot your foot the danger of your foot slipping but it also the writer also talks about God's people the protector of Israel This song is one that we can sing when we're on our own. This psalm we can draw strength for when we're on our own. But it's also a psalm, a song that we sing when we're together as God's people. We are His church. Our Father in heaven is always alert. He never misses a trick. He knows what's happening in every situation that we face. He never sleeps or slumbers. C.H. Spurgeon said this, We can sleep peacefully because he never does. I remember many years ago, uh, we were camping. Our daughter was uh, very, very young. And uh, we were in uh, a tent. We were uh, in one compartment together. And uh, it was at Stonely and it was absolutely chucking down with rain. And there was this terrible thunderstorm. I mean, thunder was right above us. And I just remember, we were, Annie and I were sitting uh, in the tent, just watching the thunder, and our daughter woke up. Startled by this, I mean it's frightening for a, a little girl, probably only 18 months, two years old. And yet she went back to sleep because she knew we were there. we can experience peace in the midst of life's storms because we know God is with us. We're trusting him because we're his people. The second thing I want to draw out is that God is a powerful protector. This is what it says in verses 5 and 6. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. David says, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Another word, another phrase that we could use to summarize the same thing. The Lord Almighty. He's the one who's made the heavens and the earth. He is almighty. He is all-powerful. We are safe and secure in his hands. No one can pluck us out of his hands. That's what uh, Jesus says in John chapter 10 verse 28. He is over us, we've heard in recent weeks. He's the God that's over us. And yet in Deuteronomy it says that his everlasting arms are underneath supporting us. He will never let us go. In the Middle East... Uh, the sky, both at day and night, can be incredibly clear. We all understand the danger of exposure to the sun, the heat of the noonday sun. Maybe we've not experienced much of it this summer, but uh, what hopefully we will uh, in the coming weeks. But the heat of, in the heat of the sun, we need shelter. Likewise, in the pressures and the heat and the pressures of life, we need respite. God promises us shelter in the midst of the trials and difficulties that we face. We still feel the heat, the heat is still there, but somehow we feel sheltered and shaded as we walk with God. It's as though God walks on the hot side. the road if you've uh, got children and you've had young children uh, as uh, uh, as a parent when you're walking down the road uh, a parent will often walk on the traffic side of the road just to keep their child from uh, running out God walks on the hot side of the road with us we may feel that it's hot and boiling But God is walking alongside us. Has that been our experience this year? Have you known God with you? You may have felt the heat. I want you to know that he has been with you and he has never left you or forsaken you. So why does the writer allude to the impact of the moon? I mean, I can understand the sun, but moon, really? Well, people in the day that this was written believed that exposure to the moon could uh, have an impact on you. It could have a harmful impact. It's where we get the word lunatic from, from the Latin luna. That's completely irrational. That's mad, isn't it? Well god can protect us from rational fears but i think the psalmist wants us to know god can protect us from irrational fears as well and there are moments when all of us struggle with irrational fears i remember when my father was killed in a car accident for uh, for some probably months later I remember every time the phone rang I had an irrational fear that someone had died someone had been killed in a car accident there were moments when Annie would go out and she would be late coming home and my mind would start to run irrational fears can take us uh, take over our thinking God is with us he's the one that can protect us and deliver us from rational fears and irrational fears the other thing we need to notice that in the Hebrew language Hebrew uses often pa- pairs of opposite words to convey both extremes and everything in between it's called a merism so the Sun not harming us by day nor the moon by night is basically saying both Sun and moon and everything in between God will protect us at every moment We rest in his shadow in the midst of every circumstance. The writer of the Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, verse 10, says this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. We can take shelter in God through Jesus Christ and all that he's done for us. When we put our trust in Jesus we become children of Almighty God and God becomes our great protector he never leaves us or forsakes us the third thing I want to draw out is this he is a permanent protector this is what it says in verses seven and eight the Lord will protect you from all harm he will protect your life the Lord will protect your coming and going both now and and forever. I don't know about you, but these verses are a bit of a challenge. They're a bit of a challenge to me. I don't know if they challenge you. Because bad things happen to good people. Why does that happen? I thought, Steve, you just said that God will protect you from all harm. I know what that's like. My mum died uh, in her 60s of cancer. My best friend died in his 40s of cancer. I prayed for them both to live. I believe God heard my cries. Why didn't he do anything? Well, there are many things I don't have answers to. Many questions I don't have answers. But what I know is this, that God is faithful Despite the circumstances, he never changes. There'll be a day I will see them both again. I know I'm going to see them again. I'm going to, when I, uh, this life ends, I'm going to enter into God's presence. And I will see them again. And I look forward to that day. And so I know that God is working out all things for good, even when I don't understand what's going on. You see, it's perplexing. Is what the psalmist saying nice, but just not true all the time? So what is going on? So we saw in the opening verses that the writer made a statement. If we have mountains in front of us, we need to look to God for help. The psalm was for pilgrims to sing together as they drew near to worship God. And yet as they sang, they remembered back to their past troubles as a nation when they'd been in exile, when some terrible things had happened, they remembered uh, all that had happened to them, and yet they still sang worship to God because they knew he was faithful and he didn't change. And they were starting to enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living, but they had seen what it was like before when things had gone wrong. When corporate worship, they strengthened each other in God. And that's why when we draw together as people, this is why it's a corporate song, because we encourage one another. You may have had a tough week, but it's great to be alongside someone who can encourage you to sing worship to God because they know he's faithful. They may have been through what you've been through. They may have experienced tough times and they know that God will come through for you in the end. The Psalms remind us that God promises to be with us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As we walk through the valley, God is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. We walk through, he remains with us. You see, the writer wants us to see the big picture. He wants us to know that this life is just the beginning for those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. We are strangers and pilgrims passing through this land. We're looking forward, the writer of Hebrews says, to a better country. It's exactly what Psalm 70, the writer in Psalm 73 refers to earlier, teaches us. The writer struggled because people uh, had, uh, who'd ignored God were uh, living lives seemingly untouched by harm. The writer becomes bitter. It wasn't fair. In his struggle, he draws near to God, and then he has a moment of revelation. He says this, When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. That is why worship is so important. We draw near to worship in tough times because in those moments we get a revelation of something of the heart of God and the purposes of God and the plans of God. Only as we draw near to worship God can we see clearly. Jesus warns us that this life has many troubles. But God's promises aren't just for these few days we live on this earth. They are for eternity. If we put our trust in Jesus to save us, we're safe for now and forever and ever and ever. All our days are in God's hands. As Christians, we tussle with these these issues. Christians through the centuries have tussled with these issues. And in the 16th century some reformers they they would write out things called catechisms statements for believers to learn and speak out together to encourage one another because many of them couldn't read they would learn them by uh, off pat and this is what the Heidelberg catechism says in part I trust in him so completely that I have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul moreover whatever evil he send upon me in this troubled life he will turn to my good for he is able to do it being almighty God and he is determined to do it being a faithful father we are to be patient in adversity grateful in the midst of blessing and to trust our faithful God and Father for the future. Let me say that again. We are to be patient in adversity, grateful in the midst of blessing and to trust our faithful God and Father for the future. As we draw to a conclusion, I want you to know that He is our personal protector he's your protector wherever you are right now and he's our protector as a church in the midst of this season people have said what's going to happen to the church do you know what we don't need to worry about the church because it belongs to him and he protects it he's our personal protector but he's also a powerful protector he is the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He can do all things. He is almighty and all-powerful. Nothing is too difficult for him. And he's our permanent protector. He will never, ever let you go. As I finish, I'm going I'm to read a couple of verses from a hymn I used to sing when I was growing up. You'll be glad I'm not going to sing it. This is what it says it was written by someone called augustus top lady many many years ago a sovereign protector i have unseen yet forever at hand unchangeably faithful to save almighty to rule and command he smiles and my comforts abound his grace as the dew shall descend And walls of salvation surround the soul he delights to defend. Inspirer and hearer of prayer, thou shepherd and guardian of thine. My all to thy covenant care, I sleeping and waking resign. If thou art my shield and my sun, the night is no darkness to me. And fast as my moments roll on, they bring me but nearer. thee Lord we thank you that you are in control of our lives our destiny we thank you that in the midst of uncertainty you are solid ground we thank you that you are our protector you are our personal protector you love us personally Because we've put our trust in Christ, you love us. You're our Father. Thank you. Thank you that you are powerful to protect us. Nothing is too difficult for you. And thank you that you will never, ever let us go. We are secure in your hands for eternity. We worship you. Amen.